Talking Like Normal People is brought to you by MyCastingFile.com. MyCastingFile, the place for talent to get their start. All right, welcome to Talking Like Normal People, a show dedicated to talking about acting, casting, and auditions, and probably some other things too with people who love it. Today is definitely an Other Things 2 episode. I'm your host, Ryan Glorioso, casting director based in New Orleans, Louisiana. And just in front of me is the not-so-distant future, Justin Coulter. Why do you say like that, not-so-distant? I don't know. You're here. It's, I mean, you're you're not too far away from yeah. me. I mean, really, I mean, are you the future anymore? We'll let the, we'll let the people decide. We're pretty much here now. We're at the present. Yeah. 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 Did we ever do our Back to the Future episode? No, we did not. Uh-huh. Because like it was who, a big old plan for that. Well, and like then, who would really want to <laughs> sit and just listen to us too, like talk, and we talk every day too. So what's what's new to discover about each other? Wow, it's like it's, we're married. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, per usual, um, thank you to all of our listeners and subscribers. Uh, we are on all the podcast uh, platforms, so please be sure to. Uh, subscribe to whichever platform you prefer. We are um, we are sponsored now by Stitcher Premium. So if uh, if you want to get a Stitcher account, which will organize all of your uh, podcasts, use the promo code Normal People, and you'll get a, a free month. It's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. I might do it. I'm gonna get my girlfriend to do it. I want a free account. Can you, are you going to request that? No, they don't know me. Uh, Anyway, um, let's get to the postcard of the week. We got Santo Delio. Um, Santo Delio, he puts his phone number and his personal email address on here. We should call him. uh, And his address. Oh, wow. I, I hope people don't just find these in the garbage and show up at his uh, at his house and knock on his door. It'd be kind of weird. <laughs> um, but he has this this cool picture on the front of him, clearly from like a, a film shoot. It says, Santo Delio just rapped on the drama Casadega, playing a schizophrenic man fighting to come to terms with his condition. Dang. Dang. That's deep. Dang. Dang deep. All right. I'm done with that. Thanks, Santos. I don't want to give your personal phone number out over the over the maybe thing. Maybe he maybe he wants it to be out. No, there. I'm not. I He's, don't. I'm not going to be the cause of this dude getting murdered. He by sent some, it to like, you, and he he might know you do this show. So yeah, well, he didn't personalize it. He should have said, "Would love." No, I'm not even going to say that. <laughs> I'm not even going to say that. Anyway, let's get to our guest this week. Yes. All right. So um, our guest this week is a. Directors Guild of America assistant director based in New Orleans, Louisiana. He's worked on numerous major film and television projects, coordinating production activity and supervising cast and crew. Some of his recent projects include the position of first assistant director on The Purge television series, season two, uh, and first assistant director on for On Becoming a God in Central Florida, which is on Showtime. I'm excited to be talking with AD extraordinaire Tommy Martin. Copy that. What's up? Copy, <laughs> Copy that. that. Uh, all right. Let's jot that down. That's the name of this episode. <laughs> Copy that. Copy that. I'm um, used to talking in Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah That's, we should get into that for sure. <laughs> um, so you're an assistant director. That's, uh, we've never had an assistant director on the show. Um, 
also i should i should say that uh i feel like tommy and i kind of have come up together like we were both in shreveport back in the day in the beginning days and i and and i want to get into it a little later but i remember like a specific conversation question that tommy asked me and i and in my head i was like why the shit is he asking me this <laughs> but anyway um I think I think he was feeling out what what his life was going to be uh, if he was going to stay in Shreveport or uh, you know go on to bigger and better things. Anyway, I'm Tommy. <laughs> Tommy, <laughs> yes. Tell us a bit about you. Who, where are you from? How'd you end up uh, in the film business? Uh, how'd you end up in New Orleans? As much as you want to tell us. Okay. Uh... Born and raised in Philadelphia. All right. Um, Wait, are you the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? I am. Actually, actually, I knew yes. you. Were, I knew you were like transatlantic. I I had a had a feeling. East Coast rough yeah. coast. Yeah. Um, and I went to school for film and television, but mostly for criticism. I went to the University of Scranton, so it was kind of like a just a side to my communications. Like I wanted to watch movies instead of oh. always doing schoolwork. So I kind of started doing that, <laughs> but out of school, I found no jobs and I wasn't ready to move to New York or anything like that to do that kind of work. I uh, started working construction, ran into a friend of a friend of a friend who was working on the Kevin Smith film, Jersey girl happened to be shooting in Philadelphia. Okay. Said I need some hands. So I PA'd a couple days, made, you know, running around and have no clue what I was doing on a film set. Okay. So, hey, that was the first time you'd ever PA'd was on Jersey Girl? First time I'd ever PA'd and had no information other than where to show up and how. I remember when they wrapped, I took my walkie off on the first day, handed it to somebody else and just got in my car and went home. <laughs> I didn't realize there was more work to be done. I was like, I'm tired. It was a night shoot, first night shoot. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And but you did go back the next day. I did, and I worked for about a week um, here and there. Met a bunch of people. Just basically, you know, a lot of my lockup was at craft service, so just talking to random people. And you're the craft service PA. Yeah. Not not even the craft <laughs> service PA. This is the guy that made crafty quiet while they were shooting a scene in the auditorium. So that okay. was my job for a week. Was that was it a, like a big day where they had a bunch of extra hands that were like covering like a thousand extras kind of a thing? Exactly. It was this like school play sequence that they had been shooting for a while. So it's all the extras in the seats, uh, the performers on stage. And I think it was like a George Carlin, Stephen Roots uh, scene in one of the hallways. There. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Is that is. um that kind of a good way to get introed into the world of PAing is just like one of those giant days or is it, or is it more beneficial for them to come on a, a like work, start working on a quiet like day that doesn't have like that many extras and all that. I mean, no, I mean, I think we really, we get out of our PAs with experience days on the, thousand extra days because that's when we need like literally a body to stand here in the parking lot and point in that direction. Right. But that, you know, you may sit in the parking lot all day and then come lunch, you're sitting with 20 to 30 other PAs that do this every day. So you get to meet them. Your personalities click with a couple people. You exchange phone numbers. Next thing you know, they're calling you for other jobs. Oh, right on. What was that experience like? Like, was it a big thrill for you or were you like, I could do this? I was a huge thrill for me because, you know, it's 
Kevin Smith and yeah. you know, like I that mean, movie he, was not one of his greatest films and it was one of his studio jobs. It was still like there's Liv Tyler, there's George Carlin, I'm there's sure. Steven Root from News Radio. Like I was completely, you know, just excited about it. I mean, did you did you ever think you would actually work on movies or was this just a random accident and like you ran into this dude and now you you know 15 years later you have this this great career yeah i mean pretty much it was a random accident (laughs) i wasn't like following my dream at the time (laughs) but once i got into it and started getting excited about it then that's when it it became this is what i want to do once i figured out what the job was and and how much fun it could be to be in the circus as i like to call it and are you doing what you want to do i mean is be is being a first ad is that like the goal or do you do ADs become directors? Yeah. I mean, some ADs absolutely become directors and I think it depends on what career path you're on and then what, where you're at nowadays. I, I see a lot of ADs coming from uh, directors coming from ADs in the TV world now. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty easy transition when you end up doing 200 episodes and every time you have a new director you're like telling them this yeah. is the theme how of the <laughs> show this is how we shoot it here's the shots you should be getting and no you're not getting a techno crank so that's not the style of the show that's a that's an interesting point because you know we talk about on this show um about how like really on television the director um isn't the final you know the final say like the showrunner is you know um so so you experience that working on television. I mean, you're, you are giving them direction on how to do their job because they're coming into kind of like a day player where they come in and they're, you know, just this person who's coming to work on this one episode and, you know, not just this per. you know, it is an important job. Don't get me wrong. They have to like carry out the project and everything, but that's a good point that you're making. Like, I mean, why wouldn't you trans, transition someone from the ad team into directing i've actually i've seen that a few times yeah yeah, that's awesome i think it's harder in the feature world because you know directors in the feature world basically have to have sold themselves some other way like they've done a feature film Mm -hmm. before you know before the studio will give them a shot so that's i think that's an easier transition for filmmakers at a younger age to make a film and get into it yeah i see um stunt coordinators transition Mm -hmm. into like second unit directors or like um or directing films, yeah, you know, absolutely. action films for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, interesting. Okay, so back to your humble beginning. So you end up working as a PA on the Kevin Smith movie, and then, and then what happens? Like, do you, do you just start working, or you it it's like okay that happened, and then six months later you pick up and yeah, it was probably like a gig. month later. I went back to my construction job, and some of those people I kept in touch with that I'd met. Mm-hmm. There was like a video assist guy that I became buddies with from hanging out by his <laughs> cart, just trying to see what was going on, and, uh, and then a couple other PAs. So I just kept in touch with them via text message or email or something. I don't even know. There probably wasn't text messages back did, then, was there? Probably <laughs> not. Did you ever try any other departments out? I didn't. Uh, I actually was offered several positions on in different departments as I was coming up as a PA, uh, but it's kind of a no-no. On a TV show, to like leave your your job and go to another department, yeah. unless the ads are like, yeah, you can have so and so. They really want to be a dolly grip, you know. Which okay. Is one of the positions was offered me at one point. You know, the money looks a lot better at the time, but you know, 
talking with people, you just see where you fit. Well, when you, not everybody fits in the AD department, that's right. For sure. But no. I mean, I guess if you become ultimately a second or a first AD, like that's that's better money than a Dolly Grip. Or? Oh yeah, it's big absolutely. bucks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get a stake in it too. You know, there's residuals for ADs as firsts and seconds, especially in features and. You know, some of those stories can keep you getting through those 18 hour yeah. days. To, to oh, make I'm it. sure. Well, especially if it's good, because the better the product is, you know, the longer that residual track will come out yeah. in most oh, yeah. cases. Mm-hmm. And and it, it's really mostly just for features, the residual track. for No, ADs you get them for, uh, for TV as well. And uh, usually don't see much money until a syndication point. Yeah. But- Everything's kind of changed in that world now. Well, it's, has the so the new media affected? Streaming. New media affects it highly. Uh, companies like Netflix, who hold all of their ratings and all the control of their shows, you don't see much residuals from those companies. You know, you can do an Oscar award-winning money yeah. movie, but because they only air it on their channel mm-hmm. with you know very little resale, which is where you would make some residuals. You don't right. see anything. Oh man! Uh, but sometimes you'll do a show on like Freeform that sells to Hulu, so you may see there some money go. there. Yeah. World. So it's all kind of a big. I think. I mean, I think every department that is on a residual track feels that. I mean, certainly actors do. Mm-hmm. They, you know, and I feel bad, especially for actors who are middle class actors. You know, which is a lot of the actors in our area. Um, who really depend on their residuals to make their insurance and to, you know, get through the year, you Mm -hmm. know, without having to get that real job or whatever. Um, I mean, it's just a huge decline for them and their, their residual monies. This is why there's so many threats of strike. The WGA had to have renegotiations with the PGA, right? Like two years ago? Uh, they did, yeah. yeah. And then there's some things where now we're trying to negotiate with Netflix on a certain yeah. aspect of money that should be held in an account just for residuals and such. Is is the DGA leading a charge or even talking about doing something like that? I think the DGA does have some handle on it, per se, but yeah. they're also most DGA or PGA members as well. Yeah. So right. yeah. our negotiations usually go so far and, you know, <laughs> and are nicely settled. I want to um, give myself this money. <laughs> yeah. But I can't say that like I I know everything about it yeah. either too. You know, I'm I'm sure there is some website that would tell you exactly, but I, I just mean, hear what I hear here say. So is the so the PGA is a union or is it just an association? Like the CSA the Casting Society is not a union, it's an association. Right. And most casting directors are teamsters. We're not here in mm-hmm. Louisiana, but like LA, New York, they're teamsters. So is PGA are they a union, do you it's, know? It's or a is guild. guild. It's a guild. Yeah, which you have to um, qualify to join, and then once you're in, you pay your dues and right. But are um, are they follow guidelines as well? And I mean, are they setting like producer scale rates like like they do for you know DGA and SAG and I don't think so. Right. Uh, okay. Know. Kind yeah. of just a group of guys like us. That's what I'm wondering yeah. if it's just like a you know uh, an association that I don't I don't know anything about it. Obviously, I'm not a member. <laughs> um nor am i <laughs> yeah. i just know i just know what i read and it seems like the pga is like pga and wga are usually the ones like we need a new deal we need to renegotiate but like they have a lot of the power they're the runs they're the ones writing the scripts and finding the money like 
If I have any listeners who uh, who are PGA members and want to be on the show, yeah, please come clear. Hit us up. Hit us up. All right, so let's just jump to how do you end up in Shreveport? Yeah, Um, not end up. That's find yourself. That's yeah. How did you find yourself in Shreveport? Um, The movie The Guardian brought me to shreveport were you supposed to come to new orleans yes okay yeah and then katrina hits the show goes up to shreveport okay and then i go to shreveport as well so and i was in shreveport for quite some time because i was um one of the ad's that was doing all the rehearsal time oh so we had about six weeks of rehearsal boot camp with the actors and the coast guard guys and all in the water tank right mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Swimming trials, that kind of stuff. I also ended up there because of Katrina, but on a different movie. You were on the, the really good movie. I was on uh, Roadhouse 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. yeah, yeah, Roadhouse 2. It was not that great. It was a Jake Busey film, though, right? Jake Busey yeah. and uh, the dude from uh, That Thing You Do. I can't think of his name. Um, he was super nice. um anyway so so you were there and were you did you just stay there i know but you and i worked on maybe premonition no mr brooks mr brooks so you so so, so, that was my next project okay yeah so me and costner got along really well on the guardian um because most of my job was dealing just with cast on that film okay and uh with him and ashton in particular at all the cast, but you know, obviously we we spent more time together. And but by that, by the time you got on the Guardian, you were already you had already earned your way into the DGA. Yes. Yeah. What? So you had been working a lot of. I mean, you have to put in a ton of hours, and we should find out what that process is like in a minute. So you had to put in a, a ton of hours on other movies before that. Six hundred days before you can turn in your book. Six hundred so. days. And then you turn wow. in your book while that, or, you know, most of us don't put your book together at 600 because if any of your days get thrown out, then you right you have to re- submit the whole book again. So I ended up probably with like 720 by the end of it because you're still working while you're waiting for your mm-hmm. book to get approved. Plus, you're like, you just joined the guild. It's very rare that someone's just going to say, hey. You got your card now? Why don't you come to a movie with no single resume yeah. of AD right. credits? Yeah. So, okay, tell us. Let's just get to the process. How do you become a member? Like, what is this book you speak of or date? Yeah, like, what is this? So, you have to... It's very different keep, for an actor. Yeah, slightly different. It's more paperwork um, process. So, you have to keep all your call sheets, production reports, and pay stubs. And then you have to form, put them in a binder. So they're all in like legal form. You have to put them all to eight and a half by 11, highlight your name, do a chart of all the shows you've done, how many days, how many were shooting, how many were prep, how many were wrap, which there's barely any wrap for PAs. You just like maybe two days if you're the walking PA. Mm-hmm. Uh, put all those together. So it usually ends up if you're 600 to 700 days, it's like 10 binders full of paperwork all highlighted with your stuff and a chart that shows them. So it goes out to the DGA. Um, if they approve all those days, usually they they get rid of like forty, maybe because you didn't have the proper all three, or you couldn't prove with a pay stub for this ten day job you did because it was a so they kick, kick out some of the days uh-huh. and say, oh no, you really have five hundred fifty. Right. Or so, wow. Okay. So, three, two, one. 
Hey, Justin, you there? Yes. Hey, whenever uh, you're searching for podcasts, don't you feel like sometimes you're like kind of all over the place? Because they're everywhere. They are everywhere. Yeah. Well, here's a thing that exists, and our show is on it. It's called Stitcher, right? And you can get Stitcher Premium, and it'll organize all your podcasts into one spot. So if you're looking for an app to access all your favorite podcasts in one place, shows like WTF, Conan O'Brien, Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, or Talking Like Normal People, huh. why not try Stitcher Premium? All you got to do is go to stitcher.com backslash premium. Use the promo code normal people for one month free. Ooh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Yes. So why not try it out? Support our show. Thanks, y'all. So that's a lot of organizing. So the the essential task behind an assistant director is organization, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you are are essentially organizing the schedule. The like, what's in a nutshell? What does an AD do? I know it's not a nutshell because you you have the most important job on any set. Ooh, so I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, you're kind of the glue that. Uh, you know, makes everything work. And if you're not a good AD, then it's going to be, it's not going to be fun. Right. I mean, a good AD keeps everything on track. Yeah. Good AD can't fix a bad director though. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Or a bad actor for all you actors out there. Yeah. No, that's very true. That one's true. (laughs) So, um, so what, what we basically do, there's three of us on most productions, which is the first, second and second, second. As a whole, though, our job is to take the script, break it down into every tiny facet. Then you deal with the director on shots. You do with locations on location departments. And then you take all of that information, put it in a schedule, put it out to every member of the crew in a way that it pertains to their department. Now, you can have all of the information if you want it. Most departments just stay within their Correct. world. Yeah. Which casting is the day out of days. Yeah. You don't exactly. read the whole shooting schedule, but right. you, know, you read the day life. out of days and sometimes find a fault, you know, which is good. Everybody check. Yeah. In. I mean, it's, it, I mean, for us, it's the only way, especially like if we're not casting the stars of the show, which we don't do, right. That's going to come from a studio and they're going to get some kind of deal that is, you know, uh, just a, a big chunk of money for the whole run of the shoot. I'm doing like people that work for a week or whatever. And I need that day out of days so that I can like map out what is going to be the best, uh, payment scale for them and what the days are going to look like. I, you know, it's, I can't take a one liner and just read it like that. You know, that's not that a one liner. It's not for me. Yeah. I I I do not like a one liner, but I know like you guys, that's your Bible, right? I mean, yeah. And everybody thinks the first AD is like, wow, that guy remembers everything. But when you break it down to such a minute scale, and it takes like a full entire day to look at a script and then break it down and then move every piece around, you, it kind of becomes one with you. So like yeah. when they start talking at lunch, like tomorrow's going to rain, what can we pull up? And I'll be like, hey, yeah, but you let that actor go to see his <laughs> kids and, you know, L.A. for the weekend, which means they won't get here in time. So we can't move it to there. And that location's only available on Tuesdays. And Well, how, you know, you how long kinda did kinda it take you it all. to get your brain to a place where you – 
could just uh, move stuff around. Like, like you'd be like, well, if we move that there, that's going to affect, you know, if we move A there, it's going to affect Z. And then we're going to have to pull that up uh, to day two now instead of, and then it's, you know, when, how did you, how did you like, does that just come to you? Or is that something that you had to like putting in all those hours uh, helped you get to that place? Yeah. It was all the hours and the days and the, the constant practice. Yeah. Do you, do you learn from someone? Is there like a mentor that you worked with over the years that kind of like, yeah. And I, I was a second AD for a really long time, which, uh, is a great learning tool, learning from different first ADs. And, mm-hmm. and once they get comfortable with you as the second AD, like a lot of my first ADs towards the end of seconding would just be like, here's the schedule, dude. You saw the new pages, make sure mm-hmm. I didn't screw anything up and yeah. you know, run with it. And, and then maybe there's a few days where you first, yeah, on the production. And I would always be taking over that unit or going over there and getting some shots. And, you know, I I liked doing that, even if it was like a tough day, you know. Now, you, you it seems like you work with Ben Ledoux a lot. Mm-hmm. Are you guys sort of a team or? Yeah, and I, I think it's great to have somebody you work with all the time because now we don't have to relearn our idiosyncrasies and yeah. mind meld. Ben yeah. knows how not to get on my nerves <laughs> and I know how to get on his nerves. Which right. Is great, well, that's like know? Justin and I, yeah. you know, we have the, we have that too. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can, you probably remember a time when I didn't have a Justin, yes, you know, yeah. it was just me. dark times. <laughs> so, so the, uh, when we were working on Mr. Brooks back in the day, which by the way, was one of the, one of the funnest films to work on. I thought like, and and a really good film. If yeah. you haven't seen Mr. Brooks, and Tommy, people... you were a PA on it. No, no he's the second second. Oh, so yeah. At yeah. that point, second you were second. already on your way up. Yeah. And I, I remember, you know, I was doing extras casting mm-hmm. on it, and I remember um, Tommy going, and this is when I still worked for Liz. I was, she wasn't around. I was, uh, she was here doing movies, and I was doing movies for her in Shreveport because I bought a house. <laughs> and you were like, "Hey, Ryan." What, what do you think it looks like here? You think it's going to be busy? And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, why the shit's he asking me this? I don't know. I have no idea what's coming. Um, and I was like, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I bought a house here. I hope it's going to be busy. Um, and then you end up staying. And, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and we worked on a lot of like millennium movies together. And uh, like we, we worked on a lot of stuff together. But then you went away and like became this like first AD and like, you know, got all this other experience and, and, and then we've just recently gotten to work on a couple of things back to back together, which has been awesome. It's been fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was traveling a lot. And, uh, now that I started a family, it's the goal is stay home, do quality projects if you can with good people, you know? Yeah. Not, don't always get to choose what you're going to do next because you know, you do run out of money at some point. But for me, it's like, Look at the people that I like to work with, try and stay home and try and do some cool projects at the same time. Your yeah. wife's understanding of the demanding hours? I mean, not really. You know, <laughs> she, she, no, she's a makeup artist for 10 years. But, you know, you forget quick. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we do have, you know, of course, we make it work. We yeah. always make it work. You have to take your work home with you a lot, I would imagine. Yeah, and, and a lot of times I just get out of the house and go to the coffee shop now. At this yeah. Point because that's, you know two year old in a 
seven week old it's hard to yeah. get anything done no I do, you, yeah. do you guys get to take vacations and stuff or or do you get like like me i get if i get downtime i know i should go on a vacation but then i'm like i'm never gonna work again <laughs> i can't go spend that money you yeah. know no i'm a big proponent of vacations yeah and a lot of getting through the period of full-time production and the hours that i'm used to now is like me and the wife will be texting or she'll be home looking up like where can we go or how can we make this work and, yeah that's you know it's it's always planning the next thing that gets you through the yeah time you gotta have that now. end date yeah. it's what ryan always says like when things go bad he goes doesn't matter we're all getting fired in three weeks yeah exactly. <laughs> i think tommy might have taught me that <laughs> it's a <good> possibility <laughs> okay so at the beginning of this we did the postcard of the week mm-hmm. um is there an equivalent to your department like shit that people who want to work in your department send you PAs. besides a resume. I mean, I get a, a lot of random emails and I think it's cause at one point my email was on IMDB and it probably still is. And so I get, I get a lot of like, I'm from London, England. You work on a lot of <laughs> great projects. Can I get you on? So that happens. Um, a lot of it's just, um, hearsay, you know, and people, will be sending me text messages. I yeah. get them get a lot right now. As soon as people know I've took taken the next job, it's like, "Hey man, hey, get me know. on." Yeah. I mean, that used to be me. I I when I first got here, I wanted to be an AD. I wanted to work on set, and it's so it's such a grind to get into that world. What's the climate like right now for an aspiring PA, an aspiring AD to get their foot in the door? You know, I think it's pretty busy in New Orleans, and uh, I think a lot of people have been bumping up. So, I, you know, I see a lot of fresh faces. When I see a lot of fresh faces, that means, you know, people are constantly getting into the industry and, and, and moving along. Too. What's the best way to become that fresh face? Like, I, I get emails and messages from people I know that are like, I work the front desk at this hotel, but I'm over it. I'm ready to work and film. How do you do it? And what I used to do... I had to drop my resume off at production offices, text ADs all the time. If I knew like a set was wrapping and they were going to a bar, I'd go hang out at that bar. That's, like those are all good things. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think the hardest part is the commitment too. Yeah, a lot of and this was same for me. Like when I was on that construction job, and I started getting a phone call for this TV show shooting in Philly, and it was the point where they would call me on Thursday night at midnight and ask me to work Friday. So at some point you have to make the commitment to get rid of your other job and just pursue it. So I think a lot of people have struggled getting through that or they have a job that doesn't care. Like my construction boss for a while was like, I really don't care because we were working just uh, specific projects and he can take me on and he could also give me days off. I mean, I think you can apply that to most departments yeah you know most and most job you know most things that are hard to achieve that you have to do something else in the meantime you have to be able to walk away if it's gonna happen yeah you have to be able to give the other thing up at some point when i think about it all my staff pa jobs all happened the night before it'd be like 10 30 at night like life is miserable. I have no money. Hey, can you come uh, day play tomorrow? And I get to set, and they'd be like, "We might, you know, just keep you on for the rest." <laughs> That's my whole days. life, dude. Yeah. Like, like casting. You know, you don't know what's next, and yeah. then and then it's like, oh, we have a job for six months. Like, there's a TV show that you know. That's that's. I love that. You know, I love it when that happens. You're just like, oh, it's my vacation. Just someone is thinking about me somewhere out there. <laughs> um. 
So uh, what what is your perception of of a local actor or of the local talent pool in uh, in Louisiana or in the Southeast in general? I think we have a great pool in, in New Orleans area nowadays. Um, I really do. I, I, I see a lot of reoccurring actors now on TV and also in films that are really, I think, getting better as the work progresses like anything else, yeah. you know. Uh, and are constant and going from that like one line to the one week bit parts, you know, yeah. out there, which is impressive. And I think we're bringing in less actors, so that's another thing that's fantastic for us, you know. Yeah. What What's the What's the challenge um, difference uh, when someone is local, or if they if we have to bring them in, like for you guys, what's the What's the big challenge? Uh, it's It's a lot of you know, the ability to move within the day or within the week as we change schedules as we constantly do in New Orleans mm-hmm. due to our, our summers yeah. or, you know, any of our weather events, you know, that those right. things. It's really nice to be able to call in an actor a day early because they're in town. Right. And yeah. try and book flights and get somebody from L.A. to here. I mean, how many times did that happen on, on Becoming a God, especially the first couple episodes? Yeah. And it just, was just like... That happened all the time. And then the same thing just happened to us on Purge because of, you know, little hurricanes, little tropical storms, these things. But now you can't just say, well, we'll just sit it out. You know, we're flying everybody back and then we're flying everybody back in. And that's so expensive on top of it. Super expensive. Not not only like being able to make the schedule. I mean, I, I think a lot of maybe in some folks minds it might be like oh well they could just add a couple of days to the to that schedule why can't they just add a couple? but there's i mean there's so many Moving cogs parts. in the wheel yeah. like like this episode needs to be done by a certain date so that it can be you know so that like credits can be approved and uh, the final edit can be approved and then it has to air by a certain date like i'm sure that final uh, version of it that's going to air has to be viewed by some executives somewhere that are going to say, no, we need to fix this or, you know, or something. There's, yeah. there's always no, the majority of the crew doesn't take a paid day off. I mean, we're all on weekly salaries, which means you can't just say, well, now we're going to give you Monday, Tuesday off because of a weather event and we're not going to pay you. No, you have to pay mm-hmm. like the straight eight or whatever the rate is for that entire crew. Right. And then you're starting to just, you know, and yeah. how much pressure is on the first AD uh, when it comes? I know you don't control the budget, but when it comes to these events happening and help, like working with the line producer or the UPM to keep the costs at a minimum, the the added cost to like these catastrophes that happen. That's yeah, a huge stress and it's a huge uh, coordination of moving parts. So if we do end up, so like we sent the whole crew home early one day because we had a thunderstorm and it was flooding around the area that we were in. So get the crew out safely, except for the AD department and the <laughs> producer who sit there and figure out what we're going to shoot tomorrow. Right. Then we tell Ben Ledoux and he goes and makes a call sheet and then we start making phone calls and spreading the word. And this is what we're doing tomorrow, you know? come up with a new plan gosh and you got to be a little grace under fire in those situations because it can get pretty stressful and oh, yeah. you know you just say it is what it is we can't change the weather we can't change this the studio is going to have to understand and they usually do they're usually like okay you guys did the safest best possible stop the bleeding yeah well i mean i 
I am uh, often thankful that I, I don't have to deal with it in that capacity. Like, I'm, you know, we have our our little block of people to, you know, give new time, give new dates to or whatever. And that's enough for me. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know that I have the, uh, brain power to like think about, oh, I, God, it just sounds so difficult. No, the, the stress of making a typo when you're sending actors dates is enough already. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to make a thousand dollar mistake. Cause I put a seven instead of an eight. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. And you're dealing it with it at such a huge level. Yeah. And the second AD takes the brunt of that. I'll have to admit, cause I can make decisions now and I'll have to deal with, you know, if I make a really bad decision on something, then I'll have to, own up to that but i don't have to do all the paperwork and the late which is great no yeah. that, that's, that's who job. that's who i call with there's a i call the second ad it's like what is this yeah this isn't right <laughs> have you ever uh witnessed uh, a local actor uh or non-local actor just really blow it on set like oh yeah oh no yeah absolutely any any uh fun you don't have to say anybody's names or anything or the show i mean i can remember i mean Local to New Orleans or local in general? In general. Just in general. I remember when I first started on TV on a TV show called Hack in Philadelphia. We had a judge, and it's now like 2 a.m. You know, we were shooting Fridays every week. Oh boy. So it's 2 a.m., and this actor comes in, and they, the judge has a dissertation to say to this in this hearing and freaked out in the middle of that. So there's no like rushing. the judge did or the, yeah, the actor playing the judge did. So like panic freak out or panic freaked out. Couldn't say any of the lines. Oh, no. And we, we just basically went through this whole process of calming this person down. Now it's four 30. We've cut the dialogue down to little snippets so we could shoot it and just piece by piece. Oh, by I'm going to cry. Yeah. It was really sad. <laughs> was it his nightmare. first job? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it was a couple jobs in. Are are there any um are there any do's or don'ts that you see or mistakes that you yeah. see like n- new actors who it's maybe their first jo- time with a speaking part mm-hmm. um anything that you see them doing um that they should avoid or like just like traps that they should avoid or anything that they should be doing to just like make it the best possible like one day on set yeah, I, th- I think an understanding of how early you're going to get brought in for a part <laughs> yeah. is, is something all local one-line actors should, should understand because... You're going to be first yeah. most times, right? Yeah, but you're also... there's There could be a three-hour waiting period easy because right. the idea of things moving faster and, and those kind of things. So we can bring somebody in at 9 a.m. and they may not work until like 5 or 6 p.m. that day. Ugh. And it's not like icing the kicker, which I think happens a lot of times and actors Ooh, get yeah. nervous. They're like, what's going on? Nobody's giving me any information. Right. It's like, okay, we may have had something happen in the morning that took six hours because the director couldn't get something the way he wanted yeah. to. And now that actor sat in the trailer the whole time. Well, <laughs> put them to lunch and they come back in then they have post-lunch touch-ups and then it's like rush in say your line and go yeah so uh, i think that's a lot of times and then it, it becomes frustrating for that person too it's like what, what's going on and everything you it's know i part of it no, I, I tell uh 
actors who are working as day players all the time that it's probably going to be like the most boring day on set. Nobody's going to talk to you until it's time to say your line or whatever it is. Um, what, what are some things that aren't annoying to crew that they can do to, I mean, I know they shouldn't be like, Hey, can I get a picture with you, Tom Cruise or, you know, that kind of stuff. Like what are some things that are okay for them to do outside of just sitting in the trailer and waiting for eight hours? Yeah. I mean, or is that it? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, a lot of times there's, you don't want to be too far away from when yeah. you're about to get called and you may not know and, and the base camp PA that's talking to you may not know the answer right. to how long right because they're three hours away and they can't relay the information about how long um so i think it's okay to bring a book you know and, and uh, or whatever else relaxes you and you can sit outside and you if there's like if you're right next to catering you can sit in the catering tent as long as you're communicating and have your phone with you and I'm just make crafty. sure the people know where you're at. Okay, go to yeah. Crafty, come yeah. back and forth. <laughs> so one, one of the duties of the assistant director's department is managing and, and directing the extras. Um, and I'm, I'm sure we have a lot of extras that listen to this show. Um, what Are there any cool success stories extra to – uh, or what do they call it on on the Facebook groups? Like bag to sag, bag, yeah, bag background sag. actors guild to S- screen actors guild. Yeah. Have you seen any like fun things happen for some extras where they get bumped up or they end up with like a major role or you know or yeah. someone that just worked really hard for years as an extra and then finally you know got their their shot in the in the light? Yeah, we just had a guy on the purge who was a background actor and the he, barbecue guy yeah floyd yeah floyd. <laughs> floyd. he was good <laughs> listening floyd was fantastic floyd was great yeah floyd listened to direction uh anytime he was giving it and he had a great look and a great happy personality um and he, he was natural on set which is i think a hard thing to do mm-hmm. originally um when you are interacting with other background actors like mm-hmm. you may find it to be boring or not really get what you're doing there but if you actually look like you are having a good conversation in the background then you'll get edged into camera more there you go you know and that's kind of what was happening he was <laughs> interacting well at this barbecue and i'm like that guy's great <laughs> And he looks cool. He looks great. And there was a... Good job, Caballero. There was a missing, boring part of this sequence where, as written, you don't notice it. But one of the actors is standing with nothing else to do. So a lot of times that's where I'll go, let's get a background guy over to talk to that. Let's find somebody cool in background that's not going to annoy this actor if we put them with them. Right. So, not know, be just, annoying. That's good That's one. such yeah. a important I thing. I mean, I've, I've well, talked. Well, you just do your thing. And, do your job. Yeah. yeah. Do your job. I mean, I've talked to uh, some actors who do get, you know, they see like the day player and they start asking them a lot of questions like, how'd you get this part? We, why, are you, why do you get to say this line? It's like, well, they've auditioned 10,000 times through their agent, you know, they've gone through this whole process and they, they essentially won this job. You know, it's, it's a little different from just submitting your picture and being selected from the way you look. Um, and, and you can grow 
from that into the other for sure. Yeah. I love that story about yeah. Floyd. That's... You discovered Floyd. He, he well, then I started a... putting him in the day out of days. Yeah. I'm like, we need this guy. You did. <laughs> I, rem- I remember so, that. I was like, who's this? Who's this guy? I just, I just remember Barbecue like Balfour. searching all of our files. Like, I don't remember doing <laughs> but this But I saw that. Uh, I saw the first episode he's in. He was great. And I, I think he might be on tonight or, tom- or next week mm-hmm. or the last. I don't know. He's in like two or three episodes. Yeah. It's... So he, he went from, uh, you know. And I think it's you can have small talk on set, and I don't think that that's pestering or anything like yeah. that. You know, yeah. Try and keep it real. Like Just be cool. Yeah, exactly. Talk like a normal person, yeah. people. I don't talk to actors about acting ever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. We keep it in a, in a general realm of yeah. what's up with life, how are you doing, and find some area that we normally can discuss. Do you get a lot of people on set, maybe extras, maybe anywhere, that kind of like – talk to you like they're trying to get something like you can help them it happens sometimes uh but i think more often than not i i try to run my sets with a a kind of a fun grace about it Mm -hmm. with especially with the background artists like i i don't like anybody treating them any different than a crew member on set and in that ways i just get a lot of thank yous and it's good to see you again i remember you from this other show but i don't think anybody would ever think that my job would Pestering me would probably not be a good yeah. thing. Like, no, that, that guy's world. too relaxed. He can't be. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're a very nice AD. Yeah. I, I mean, over the years, I've had a couple of dicks. You're like like a top-notch, like cool guy, nice to everyone. You know, like that's okay, that goes good. that goes Try. a long way. It does. You know, because who wants to work on a set that's miserable? Like, the guys like we're making time. movies and TV. Like, it's supposed to be fun, right? Yeah, exactly. You know? And I think there is some level that you have to be a hard yeah. ass, you know. I don't, can we say that? Yeah, you can yeah. say that. I've already said dick so, and you, oh, yeah, you did say shit it. and all that. Yeah. Not me. We have a rating, man. But usually it's when people aren't paying attention, aren't listening, and then I have to be like, all right, we had fun. Now everybody shut the <laughs> F up. This is the direction we're looking. So when I said 10 minutes ago to move all this shit, now get it and move it. Yeah, let's get it. I want to go home. The that's football game is yeah, about to come right. on. Um, so, all right. Can, can you work as a PA and as an actor or is there a conflict there? No, I don't think so. Um, I think you need a little permission from your bosses as the ADs if you're a PA. Yeah. That if you need to take an audition or a day that they're cool with it. Yeah. Um, Make sure it's not like a big day. That's right. Uh, I think we had that recently. Some one of our PAs wanted Mm -hmm. to act and you know, they had, talk to the showrunner um which i probably would have asked the ad's permission ahead of time for for (laughs) such a thing to go but i i don't it didn't work out in a bad way for that person but i would say hey do you mind and i wouldn't mind if one of my pas got a day i'm like come on man i know what they make you know what (laughs) minimum wage is and that's not enough and a day at at sag scale Heck yeah, we'll do you, make it work. Do you find that a lot of people that are coming to set as a PA really want to be actors? Or they? No, I think it's rare. Honestly. It's rare? Yeah, I do. I think it's rare that the PAs and the actor world are in that same right. vibe. Well, I'll tell you, um, I didn't go to film school. I, I went to school for theater. Um, so all I you know learned about was acting stuff you know in general and uh, when i moved to la um 
I'm not sure if I told this story on, on here before, but when I moved to LA, a friend of a friend uh, knew of this movie that needed an intern. And uh, I was first week in LA and I'm like, well, I'm not an intern or a PA. I am an actor. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be a movie star, you know, uh, or at least like a sitcom star. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, all right, I, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll, an unper- unpaid intern on a uh, Julie Corman movie. This is uh, Roger Corman's wife. Yeah. It was for HBO. And so I go and like, they had me like, the first thing was I had to pick up uh, Cheryl Ladd from her house i had to pick her up like a i had only been in la for a week and b i didn't know how to even use a thomas's guide which was it means before cell phone yeah you know i had a beeper Mm. um and so i had to pick her up from her house with her assistant and i had no idea how to get to the set like i had no idea where i was going i got lost it was awful and she was so sweet to me but then the the other crazy thing that happened was uh the second ad uh clearly this was probably a non like union i was gonna say it sounds like bad ad yeah (laughs) the the second ad intern who doesn't know to pick up the actress yeah the the say that's dumb they were moving from there was like this mansion they were shooting in they're like okay we're moving to location um on western avenue and i was like oh okay and they're like uh we need to uh a they had me go to a rv like rental dealership to pick up the rv for the child star and her mother uh with them in it they were in it i drove them to the set on western in this thing and i so i pull up i'm on western avenue i pull up like near where the set is and the second ad runs to me he's like uh, uh hey man um we're shooting down there just pull into that chinese uh restaurant's parking lot we'll pay for the parking i'm like okay you know i'm 22 years old right and i'm like uh you know first time driving a camper okay mm. you know driving camper i turn right into the parking lot and everything just goes like stat like like i get i'm like something happened like i i'm seeing blurry Basically, what had happened was they had this amazing, ornate overhang from the restaurant, and I drove the camper under it (laughs) and ripped all the tiles off of their restaurant's overhang and ripped the air condition off the camper, right? And the... And I'm like freaking out. I jump out and I'm like climbing up on top of it to throw all the stuff off of it. And the AD runs up. He's like... I hope you have insurance. (laughs) I was like, in my head, I'm like, no, I have no insurance at all. And then the rest of the day, they like, they kept me like doing like nothing, you know, like I was just like off to the side and I just felt like shit. And then I just didn't show up the next day and I never went back. Dang. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. I never told that story on this. No, not on here, but I always love hearing. Oh my God. It was that's a, awesome. That's a good first day. And awful. It wasn't, it was my, it wasn't my first day. It was like the end of a week. Oh, okay. You know? And, oh, and then the, the follow up to that is, um, I, you know, as an actor, I started catering a lot and all that stuff, but I saw the UPM at an event I was doing at like the television Academy. I was bartending and, uh, she ordered a drink and she's like, 
you look familiar. And then I realized who she was. She realized who I was. And I was like, I wrecked the camper <laughs> on your set. And then she started cracking up. And, yeah. So, yeah, that's that was my uh, probably the only time I interned, PA'd. I mean, I did a couple of things in Shreveport uh, when I wasn't getting any casting jobs before I became Glorioso Casting. Yeah. It can be fun if yeah. you don't mind standing all the time. I worked in locations for a couple of movies. Yeah. That's a tough job. With Greg uh, McNamara and Ed, oh, Ed yeah. Lipscomb. Yep, shout out. <laughs> Yo, Justin. Yeah. Have you heard of weaudition.com? That's a website? Yeah, it's a really cool website. It's this new innovative way to audition, self-tape, and rehearse all online. Oh, no. Uh, my actor friend was telling me about that. He uses that. Really? Yes. Does he like it? I'll ask him. <laughs> I'm sure he does. He uses it. Awesome. So look, these are the things that you can do on it. You can find a rehearsal or self-tape partner instantly. That's pretty cool. You can audition and take general meetings on video chat. You can get career advice from industry professionals, much like you get from this podcast. Oh, absolutely. Um, and this is the coolest part for actors. You can earn money for rehearsing with other actors. You could earn money too, Justin, for rehearsing with other actors. Why not? Because I do it all day, really. <laughs> um, so all you got to do is go to weaudition.com. And look, if you use the promo code TLNP25, you get 25% off. Talking like normal people. TLNP25. Yep. 25% off. Wonderful. Awesome. I mean, you think you're going to stay at first AD or you're going to see if you make a jump to directing tv I, I know some people go to upm after that yeah um i'm not sure yet honestly i never wanted the second ad and then i spent 10 years of my life doing there that you go. first ad i really like um especially on the gooder like the better project yeah. gooder sorry yeah. <laughs> i've been talking to a two-year-old all week <laughs> baby <laughs> shark yeah dude, dude. um so UPM, I never wanted to do that job because it's all money and it's yeah. all dealing with telling people, no, you can't have what you're asking for. You need 10 PAs. I can give you six. Okay. Mm -hmm. We can work with eight. Like, it's just not in me to not give everybody what they need. You'd be like, oh, I guess. Yeah, you could have it. Cut yeah. it, cut it, well, cut no, it. it makes sense. Well, <laughs> now we're shooting the, the 28 day movie in 20 because Tommy D gave everybody what they want. Right. So, well, we'll be better do it fast, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think there may be a world where I've seen some better UPMs as I've progressed. And, you know, some guys like Willie G, Will Greenfield. Oh, man. Yeah. Will. We like him. Yeah. You got to get Will, Will on the show. You know, I've known Will since he was in the office and watched him ask a question just to every single department. Oh, my God. Out what they do. And then be a graceful UPM, which yeah. means he spends the money where he needs to. He doesn't hammer people for money they need. Or, you know, it's just we don't have it. Yeah. We'd love to get you that. But let's tell the director now. Let's not tell the whole crew now. Yeah. <laughs> and not the director. Let's let's make that change right out the bat. Yeah. I feel know? like I just saw some big movie and Will's like a producer on it. Yeah. I believe he's out in LA right now on Euphoria. Wow. Yeah. Good for him. Because we did Assassination Nation with Sam Levinson, who is the show running writer, director for most of the episodes on Euphoria. That so. movie good? I'm about to watch it. Assassination Nation is yeah. very good. Oh, yeah. I want to see that. I want to see it. Yeah. 
it was like the coolest shot ever in a movie was every shot in that movie. Oh, was yeah. like at least yeah. that's the way I approach it. I'm like, we're going to do what? <laughs> the camera comes out of the pool and spins around. It's like, we didn't have a ton of money, but we spent them all on cool toys yeah. and cool lighting effects and cool shots. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. A lot of challenges on that one. That's for sure. Dude. This is, I think, uh, do you feel like we've informed people about what I'm, an AD I'm does? I'm informed. I learned stuff. I did too. Yeah. This is a good combo. Yeah. Um, so I think that we're going to wrap it up. Wait, you said I had questions for you guys. Oh, you have, have some? Yeah, I have one question. Oh, oh yeah. Shit. Lay it on us. It's the only one I can think of. Okay. So every time you watch a movie about casting sessions, somebody who wants to play a construction worker shows up dressed like a construction worker or like a, a, a disguise or something. Does that happen? Do people bring in props? Yes. And well, outfits? Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Is it helpful? Um, uh, if it's not taking away from the scene, like if it's, if it's beneficial to the scene, like, like if they use a cell phone, it's a cell phone conversation, like mm -hmm. go ahead and use it. Yeah. I'd rather them, if they're going to like have a mime phone, I'd rather them just use their cell phone mm -hmm. than not at all. Like full on costumes. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Uh, you don't need to do that. If it's yeah. a commercial commercial casting it's probably more beneficial because okay. a lot of commercial folks they just they want to see they want to see it okay. they want to see like what it's going to be right um so yeah like if you're going to come in for a cop i always tell actors you know like wear a you know like a crisp blue shirt right you don't right, need right. to have a badge yeah. or patches but a lot of people do that you know yeah. and especially here you never see la tapes that have people doing that, mm -hmm. that stuff. It's just like here okay. and in local markets, I think, cause we do cast a lot of cops. We do cast a lot of first responder, you know, detectives. Dete oh, tons Mac. of detectives. Oh. Somebody today sent us their medical reel after a doctor audition. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. Like it, yeah. it'll be like that. Like, like, uh, um, cause the, cause that person has played, played a doctor. enough, doctors and nurses and you know emts to warrant having a five minute reel of this stuff yeah i feel like i do see a lot of repeat <laughs> offenders as <laughs> yeah. number one i'm not gonna lie yeah <laughs> yeah and, and that's the thing a lot of uh what's happening to a lot of the people that you see being cop number one are getting to a point where they want more they mm. want to be they want guest star not co-star like that's become a big bone of contention with a lot of people like they don't want to go out for the co-star roles because they want to open the doors to uh, being considered for you know more for meatier stuff okay. you know it they're asking for examples but i bet you they're listening they are they are yeah they're listening <laughs> Um, I, it wasn't from anything that we posted or anything but i saw someone pose a question on facebook um recently to like the casting directors facebook group and it was like how do i get out of co-star jail which i mean you can look at it like that but i i don't think it's jail it's working actor yeah, yeah you're a working actor working. i mean i get it he, that person probably you know envisioned their life uh, in you know as in a, as being a star or you know like being a series regular on in there in they're getting to say one to five lines, you know, and never work on the show again. Mm -hmm. That's, that's tough. Okay. I mean, but I think at some point those folks, they just need to make a decision. Uh, I'm not going to do that anymore. 
I'm going to hold out. Um, and hey, I'll hire new people. We'll find new yeah. actors. Yeah. That's why we're, we're in this market to help develop people who are going to become stars, right? That's correct. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes I'll give up the Oscar for a nice nine month run at home. There you go. Hell <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions? That was it. That was the that only was one I could think the of. burning question on yeah. your mind. All right. Well, I have spent a lot of time with you over the years. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I think I've asked some questions. Well, uh, we uh, got to thank our producer and engineer who's going to edit this for us, Jason Edwards. And we got some. Uh, social media at talk like normal um, that's our twitter and at talking like normal people on instagram at glorioso casting at jason edwards tv at rob the river at justin tc underscore underscore you do any of that stuff i think i'm at, at tj suns out guns out <laughs> dang mm -hmm. all right and on yeah. that note we're out <laughs> Talking Like Normal People is brought to you by MyCastingFile.com. Create a searchable profile accessible by multiple casting directors who are casting major film, television, and commercial projects. MyCastingFile.com.